Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Pastor Jim's desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application to our daily lives. Today on Changed by Love, we want to ask you a question, but we don't want you to answer it until the end of the show. We want your answer to be raw and honest, not superficial or trying to sound spiritual. It's a question God will pose to all of us, which is, which is, anything too hard for the Lord? In Genesis chapter 15, Sarah was in a crisis, trying to deny her fear and disappointment. But the Lord saw right through it as he does with us. Instead of scolding her, the Lord used the occasion to build her faith. Let's see what happens in the conclusion of Pastor Jim's message, Is Anything Too Hard for the Lord? Uh, by the way, this side note, this is one of the really great reasons I like reading the Bible is God shows you a lot of the stuff that's in your heart, and it's a great moment to stop and talk to him about it. <laughs> be like, Sorry, man, that's there. Get, please help me get rid of that. So lunch is over. It's time to chat. Abraham says, Lord, this was great. Oh, it's great. We'd love to have you come back again. The Lord says, Abraham, sure, sure. Don't you remember chapter 17? Once again, I gave you again that promise of a son. I'll come back in a year to see your baby. You'll have a baby then, a son. Sarah's eavesdropping. Why is she doing that? She's eavesdropping and, and she laughs at the idea. Why does she laugh? Why does she laugh? We're not told. I mean, was she surprised? Maybe. Well, you know, the promise was so big in chapter 17. I wonder, is it possible Abraham didn't tell her what God told her? Men, listen up. Married men, listen up. Women, married women, cover your ears. Married men, listen up. I know many men who lie to their wives. I know many men who tell half-truths to their lives or omit key facts to their wives that is sinful. Now let's think of something else. Perhaps he didn't tell her because he chickened out. Or if we give him the benefit of the doubt, perhaps he thought it was too, might be too painful for her. After waiting so long and having so much disappointment, Perhaps he was well-intentioned saying, I cannot put her through this pain and disappointment any longer. Maybe Abraham was beginning to doubt it. Maybe Abraham did tell her. And, and she had become what we refer to sometimes as an unbelieving believer. She says, I believe in God but she really doesn't believe what God says. Or she was a reluctant believer. I don't know if that's possible. Or she had just become a flat-out doubter. And so what do we do with all this? We put it together and we remember that if we're not careful, that pain and tremendous disappointment and the hard realities of life, if we're not careful, can really mess with our heads and can really mess up our faith. 
Yet, graciously, the, the Lord is saying to Sarah, I realize that you're disappointed. I realize that you're hurt. But I'm asking you right now to fix your hope upon me. Now, did you know that is a very, very big part of faith? I realize that we all try to guard and protect our hearts because we don't want to be hurt again. Uh, That's what we do as human beings. It's a natural reaction. But the Lord will come along and he will challenge your relationship with him, your friendship with him, and say to you, I'm asking you for your faith and your trust. I'm asking you to lean upon me in this very, very difficult time in your life. Now, I want to read something to you. You've heard it before. If you were here a few years back, we covered it in Matthew chapter 11, or the words might sound familiar to you, but I purposely didn't give it to the sound guys because I don't, I don't want it up on the screen. I don't want you to read it. I want you to hear it. You know, we, sometimes we use some catchphrases around here. We, we don't want to read the Bible. We want the Bible to read us. We don't necessarily want to read the Bible. We want to hear God's voice. So just relax a minute. Can you relax? How many of you just can't relax anymore at all? You just can't. You try. You can't. Matthew 11, chapter, chapter 11, verse 28 to 30. Listen to Jesus. Come to me, all of you who labor and are heavy laden. Jesus says, are you weary? Are you burdened? Is life crushing you? Is sin crushing you? Come to me. Come to me. And I will give you rest. What is he saying? You come to me and I will refresh you. Take my yoke upon you. If you know anything about animals, a, a, a yoke, you put yoke two animals together. What is he saying? I, you know, that's how they plow in the field. He says, I want you to join yourself to me. Take my yoke upon you. Join your life to me and learn from me or learn about me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. Not incessant busyness, you'll find rest. In other words, you'll find refuge for your tired, busy, weary, burdened heart. For my yoke is easy, he says, and my burden is light. What is he saying? You're not going to have to carry the whole world on your shoulders. Because I am going to be there. I'm going to help you carry it because we're yoked together. And when you fall down, I'm going to pick you up. And if I have to put you on my back and carry the whole thing myself, I'm going to do it. And so here with this doubting couple, Abraham's like, oh gosh, Sarah heard what he said. Sarah's laughing. This is, this is not going to happen. In verse 14, the Lord comes to, the, with, to all of us with a question. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Is anything too hard for the Lord? 
One more time. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Right now, in this moment in your life, do, do you, how do you feel about that? Don't answer it yet. Is anything too hard for the Lord at the appointed time? Again, about this time next year, I will return to you according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. But Sarah denied it, saying, I did not laugh. So what does she do? She lies. For she was afraid, and he, the Lord, said, no, but you laughed. You did laugh. Sarah's lack of faith, which is good for us, because it releases one of the great concepts of Scripture, is anything too hard for the Lord? Is anything too difficult for him? Is anything impossible for him? The idea, is there anything too supernatural, too extraordinary for him to do? Now, some of you, your heads go, no, 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 no. But inside, you're saying, I think it might be true. But maybe before we jump to quickly answer such questions, we should think about it more carefully before we answer from our heart. You see, another big part of faith is moving from our own limitations into the realm of faith. Faith in the limitless God. Now I'm going to get personal for a minute. I think, I try to have a theme every year, and I usually don't broadcast it to anyone, because if I fail to live it out, then I'll have everybody reminding me all the time. So I think that my theme for next year is going to be, is anything too hard for the Lord? But I need your help. That doesn't mean every time you walk by me, you, you bark it at me. You see, all my years as a businessman, still am one, just sort of my hobby. Fortunately, I have great guys for, who are able to do the work. But in all my years as a businessman, a big part of my job was analyzing systems that would break down before they did. That's, that's what I really did. And, and I look around at our church, both those that are here and, and the many, many more that are not here because of, of what's going on with the virus, and um, I know that so many people are devastated by this year completely devastated by this year. A lot of people have moved out of New Jersey. A lot of people have just moved out of the area. That makes it impractical for them to be able to drive to our church. And so I look ahead to next year, and I realize that, that it's going to be in some ways in some ways, on a practical level, this is where my business experience is not good for me, that's going to be, it's going to be an uphill climb in certain areas. I said last week, I, I feel like the church is starting over again next year. 
And, and I'm, there's part of me that is very excited about that. But there's another part that the hardest thing in a church is two things, volunteers and money. Those are the two hardest things. And a lot of people come to our church and go, you know, you almost never talk about volunteers and money. And I always say, well, if it's in the passage, I will, but I don't. But there's another reason for it too. That has been very easy for us. This is very easy. A lot of times we have so many volunteers, we don't know where to put people. Or, or you know, we've got money to do things. And for me to be like, oh, this ministry is going to close if you don't give money. I mean, what is that? You know, let it close, man. It's like that guy's on TV. But I know that next year I'm going to need all of your help. You say to volunteer and give money? Well, yeah. <laughs> but more so than that, to remind me when my faith seems to be lacking, to say to me, remember, Pastor Jim, is anything too hard for the Lord? And you might say, can I talk to a pastor like that? You can talk to this pastor like that. What will that do? That will redirect me. That will redirect you. That will redirect all of us from circumstances to the power of God. It will redirect all of us from what we don't have to who we do have. Who do we have? We have God and his people. And I have to tell you that over the years, I have been constantly amazed at the faithfulness of God's people in this church. We, we publish a, a, a servant schedule, a volunteer schedule, four times a year, so you have it in advance. 15 years doing the church, that's 60 schedules. We do it different than we do now. Nick and I usually work on that together. We try about a month before to see where the holes are, and we are like, oh my gosh, we will never be able to publish. And we say nothing. And <laughs> the schedule just fills. <laughs> and we just laugh and praise God. Now there's a lot more holes because of all the people who, who moved. And, and I need to remember, is anything too hard for the Lord? Now, now don't get too worried. I wouldn't say I'm super, too super afraid. It's just not really kind of my deal to be that way. But I know in other aspects of your life, and, and those of you watching, many of you are very afraid of a lot of different things right now. In that sense, we can relate to Sarah. She denied her fear, but the Lord saw right through it. You, you can't lie to him. She forgot this. She was her friend. She was the Lord's friend too. And I think that maybe some of you today need to be reminded of that if you are a follower of Jesus. 
that you are his friend and he is your friend. And maybe you haven't spoken with your friend in a while. Or maybe the way you talk to him, it's just about gimme, 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 gimme. That's not a good friendship. You see, fear and unbelief moves people to do things they would not ordinarily do. And here, it, for Sarah, it moves her to lie. For others, it moves us to do what we think is right, which only watches out for ourselves and completely leaves the Lord out of our decision. Now, let's just quickly put both feet on the ground. This does not mean that God will do whatever you want. This means that God will do what he has promised to do. Now, do, do I believe God makes individual promises to people? I do. But generally, I'm talking about more of the promises that he has said he will do and make for every follower of Jesus. God will do what he says he will do, even if it seems impossible. So what has God promised to all of his followers? What has Jesus promised? Well, he's promised the forgiveness of sin. He's promised eternal life. He's promised that you would rise from the dead if we respond to him by turning to God, turning away from our own way, turning to God, to say, God, I'm doing it my own way, and I'm done with that, man, and I'm coming to you, and I'm saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn to you, and I'm going to put my trust in Jesus instead of myself. What does it mean for us as a church? Jesus said, I will build my church. What does it require of us? A response to be laborers for the kingdom of God in our world. I mean, that's what Jesus told the apostles. He said, the fields are ripe for harvest. You think, you think that all of your friends and your coworkers and your neighbors have no desire for God? Surveys say they actually do. They're just waiting for us to come to them. Not all of them, but a lot of them. Jesus says, listen, man, the fields, man, they're ready to be harvested. Would you pray that God sends out laborers? That's our part, to be those laborers. Because he will build his church. But there's other things in life that only our complete helplessness will enable us to see and activate the work of God. If this sounds familiar to you, for with God, nothing will be impossible. 2,000 years later, an angel shows up to a little teenage virgin girl and says, your old Aunt Elizabeth or your old cousin Elizabeth is going to have a baby boy. His name will be John the Baptist, or that's what we'll call him. And you, girl, even though you've not known a man, you are going to be overpowered with the Spirit of the God Most High. And you are going to birth the Savior of the world. Because you have been a friend of God. And people will call you blessed because of your son. And she's like, I, I, how could this be? He says to her, Luke 1.37, for with God nothing will be impossible. 
And here's what I love about such things. If God does it for you, nobody can take it from you. And, and his delays, while we think, and people will say it shows his weakness, it does not show his weakness. It so, shows his sovereignty over world affairs and it sh- his control over world affairs and that he's not a man pleaser. He's not doing things, so we'll be happy with him. If you're not a follower of Jesus, Jesus died on the cross in your place for your sins. He ventured into the unknown world of death so you would never have to. And he rose from the dead. How in the world did a small band of barely educated fishermen and tax collectors and... (laughs) And oh, mishmash group of guys known as the apostles and one brilliant guy called the Apostle Paul. How in the world did they turn the world upside down? You know how it was? Because they saw the resurrected Christ. And when people said, hey, we're going to kill you unless you say you didn't rise from the dead, they said, I can't do that. You're going to have to kill me. Has resurrection and the promise of resurrection changed your life? You think you're too bad. Maybe you're here, you think you're too bad. You're watching online, you're too bad. You heard of Moses. Most of you heard of Moses. You don't know much about him. He led two or three million of God's people out of Egypt. How many of you think that's a big responsibility? It's a big responsibility. Moses was a murderer. He's a murderer. God says, yeah, you're my guy. I've got Moses, you're done. You're done with Moses. You don't, you're not thinking he's all it anymore. I can use a guy like that. King David, the gold standard of kings. In so much of his life, we see pictures of the Lord Jesus Christ. He was an adulterer. He cheated with another man's wife. And then he had that guy killed. God says, now I can forgive him. And I can use that guy's life. The Apostle Paul was a Pharisee. He hated Christians. He dragged them to court because it was illegal to be a follower of Jesus in Judaism. Dragged him into court. Stood there while other people got killed. Jesus knocks him off his high horse on the road to Damascus. Takes Saul out of Saul. He was Saul of Tarsus. Changed his name to Paul, which means small. Says, guess what? I can use this guy. I can use this guy. Peter, big, strong fisherman. Jesus says to him, hey, cast your, fishing all night. Knows the, says, hey, cast your net on the other side. Peter's probably like, listen to the carpenter telling me how to fish. <laughs> when there's no fish, there's no fish. He don't know it. And they pull us in a net. He can't even yank them all in. He bows down before Jesus and apart, says, depart from me, I'm a sinful man. And Jesus says, oh, you guys are going to deny me. He says, at the last subject, Peter goes, no way, man. I'll die with you if I have to. And he goes, hey, Pete, sorry, here's the bad news. You're going to deny me three times. And he did. And God says, you know what? I can use a guy like that because he doesn't think he's all it anymore. So maybe you think there's things in your life that disqualify you from being a follower of Jesus or being anything in his kingdom. It's those very things that make you something. And ready for the kingdom. 
If God can save them and change them, he can do the same for you. All you need to do is turn to God, put your trust in Jesus Christ, and respond to the risen Christ. You see, Jesus had to come because our sinful condition was absolutely impossible for us to fix on our own. But even more so, Jesus had to come because God's promises themselves are absolutely impossible. Or at least they might seem to be at times. And when you think that they are, ask yourself, ask me, ask the people sitting around you in kindness, not in snarky sarcasm. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Thank you for spending the last half hour with Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Changed by Love is designed to help you deepen your relationship with Christ no matter where you are in your journey. Teaming with Changed by Love financially makes it possible to reach thousands, many more than you and I could reach on our own. We are stronger together than we could ever be apart. Please consider a generous gift today. Give safely and securely online at changedbyloveradio.org. You'll find our address there, too, if you'd rather send a check. You can always reach us by phone at 862-217-9686. It takes a team to encourage thousands. You and Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney. changedbyloveradio.org.